Hey there, Film Buds. Welcome back to the Film Buds Podcast. I'm your host, Paul. And I'm Lauren. And we are continuing Black History Month. Woo woo! Best month of the year, guys. You know, Happy when February, you, motherfucker. When you don't think about the slavery. Best month of the year when you don't think about slavery. Well, you know, it's it's Black History and I think, you know, I think some people, you know, have also referred to it as um, Black History and Black Excellence. Oh, fantastic. I love that. Black Excellence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so... Do you have to honor the lineage? Sure. But also celebrate where it is yeah no i think that that's great i think that too often honestly when we get to february you know in my and when i go back Martin in my Luther memory King jr yeah you know we slavery we, we talk in school in february all the time about the slaves mm-hmm. martin luther king mm-hmm. and gosh darn it that might just be all of it because Harriet Tubman is right there in with the slaves, and so is should um, Sojourner. Oh, good, good, good. But that's I feel like that's lumped in with right Martin there. Luther. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's civil rights, the umbrella of the civil rights you movement, know, and, and the umbrella of slavery. Exactly, and those are the only things that we really truly focus on. In- and George Washington Carver and the peanut. Well, I again, again, my brain lumps that right on in there with with Frederick. It's the Douglass. antebellum era kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's these it's these times between. You mm-hmm. know, it's the the it's it's almost like Black history is is cemented by these two moments in history, and that's those are like the beginning point and the end point. We've got mm-hmm. all of this stuff in the middle, but really, like Black history as a as a textbook thing ends pretty much well, with Martin Luther King until we get to Obama. Mm. Well, and I was just about to say, you know, I think both parts of the discussion ignore some of the immediate aftermath, right? Well, yeah. Uh, culturally speaking, you know, and, and how, you know, emancipation had uh, upsides and downsides, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like freedom, but sharecropping. You know, kind of a thing. Well, that also gets into the whole, you know, um, whitewashed version of history that we get told. You know, we we get the the, the bullet points where things were really good. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we get the Emancipation Proclamation. Yay, we freed the we slaves. We don't get Reconstruction. Exactly. You know, we get Martin Luther King leading people peacefully. We, we don't. don't get J. Edgar murdering him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that that's the thing that re- really... Or, or really any of the, the COINTELPRO stuff that was uh, psyop warfare against black leaders of power. Yeah, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, mm -hmm. Fred Hampton. Mm -hmm. It is not just Martin. It is not, but he is the peaceful one. Whereas, whereas Malcolm Fred X... and and Malcolm were both more militant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were firmly in... Malcolm X was definitely firmly militant. Fred Hampton based the Rainbow Coalition out of the Black Panther movement. Yes. So they were both much Whereas, more militant. Where we get like, Reverend you know, Martin Luther King. Reverend, exactly. They love to slap the reverend on it. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Because he's a godly man. He's Christian. Yep. Whereas these other heathens, you know. One's a Muslim, for God's sake. <laughs> Whoa, we can't have that here. Mm-hmm. Islam, who? Exactly, exactly, exactly. No, 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 no. And I think that, um, I really think that, this is, this is, it's, it's, it's really hard to look at 
Black History Month and not focus on the things that we always focus on because those are the things that are have been forced down our throats for years. They're the most obvious place to go. Exactly. But this this has been fun with you on Film Buds this month going and doing some things that are completely out of the blue that are also a part of black history because black history is not just slavery and then equality is what we're calling let's call it desegregation desegregation sounds great equality is not necessarily right let's call it desegregation because it's we're not equal we are not mm. equal in that not even by half there's no equality there's no equanimity no. Let's call it desegregation as the victory. Yes, yes. People aren't actively racist on purpose anymore. Um, it's passive, and some people are totally still doing it on purpose. That 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 is a very fair point. Um, but for the most part, people are pretending like racism doesn't exist, and therefore the, the, the races are equal. And that's mm -hmm. where black people kind of live right now. Well, and, and they love to, to go back to your... It's civil rights until Obama. The card that everyone loves to pull out is, if America is racist, then why did we elect Obama? Well, yeah, of you course. Know, as, as like the, the perfect sort of lead shield, you know, to this radiation. I love, I love, <laughs> I love that racist people are using that as a thing like they asked for this to happen. Like, like they're they, the ones that also voted for him. No, yeah, but they're just using this as like a slight win for racism. You know, like, oh! How can, how can America be a racist nation? We elected a black president. Like, do you hear yourself speak? <laughs> No. But this is the history that we're ignoring also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, because of the buffers, you know, of the, of, the, of the beginning of the conversation. No, and to go back to your point of this month in, in black history, you know, um, last month was, was very historic, uh, you know, in its, in its focus. Or last, last month, last year. Yes, was last very, black history month. Uh, you know, historic in its in its scope, um, and I think that with with Black History Month this month, I wanted to do things that felt interesting, um, and did going back to what you said, cover that full spectrum. So African or African, uh, the woman queen. I always mistake woman. with the actual or uh, the woman king. Mm -hmm. I always mistake with the movin movie, the African Queen. I always do this this weird like mental mix up because of the titles. Um, well, it's because we don't have more of them, and so, um, but they couldn't be more different, you know. Uh, the African Queen is is Humphrey Bogart and Catherine Hepburn. Um, it's about white people, <laughs> you say? Yeah, like escaping Nazis, uh, and so fantastic. Uh, different as daylight and dark. So, mm -hmm. but I wanted to do this, this sort of interesting thing, this modern movie that like, we also had a mixed opinion on, mm -hmm. um, successful and, and not as a movie, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and I thought that that was an interesting path to go down. Um, but also it was an exciting movie and it was an interesting movie and it was a big movie. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a new movie. Yeah. 
And and that that was one of the reasons, those those are the many reasons, you know, that I chose that one to start out the month with. And now we find ourselves here with uh, an interesting choice, Blackula. I love, I one, I just, I loved the, when you pitched this, <laughs> honestly, sw- swear to God, um, like, couldn't, couldn't have a slam dunked the funk better for me in this category, you know, something completely out of the blue. Yeah. No one is, no one else on any podcast that you could listen to right here and now is talking about Blackula during Black History Month. Yeah, as, as like a, let's celebrate black people, you know? No, yeah, because it's, because <laughs> it's, you know, wrapped up in black exploitation. But I think that black exploitation is... Black exploitation is a... I think in a modern context, well, we a much uh, misunderstood term. Okay, I will. I will accept that, and we'll dig in further later. Sure. Um, well, I mean, if, if you want, we can, I guess, scratch it a little bit now. I think that black exploitation, people assume, means black people being exploited. You know, I think that's what the mm-hmm. name on the surface level sounds like. Well, yeah, because it's literally... exploitation. It's, that's what it is. Um, but exploitation films is where the, the term comes from. Mm-hmm. And exploitation films, right, in the 70s... Let's look at what happens in the late 60s moving into the 70s. So we've had the civil rights movement. We've had women's liberation and, and women's rights, mm-hmm. you know, second wave feminism and some of that sort of thing. We've, we've had the, the black revolution, you exactly. know, happening in the 70s as well. We've even had, um, you know, Asian and Hispanic, you know, movements mm-hmm. tied up in some of the civil rights movements as well. Um, a lot of reclamation of identities. Yes, yes, for sure. Queer identities mm-hmm. are on the rise, right? Mm-hmm. Harvey Milk. You yes, know, yes, and that yes, sort yes. Of thing. And so the we're also now dealing with a American media scape out of the shadow of the Hayes Code, out of the shadow of McCarthyism, and the sixties definitely pushed boundaries, but not in the same way that the seventies did. And once you move into the seventies, you start to get exploitation films grindhouse pictures right Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. these uh dirty nasty sexy violent you know everything that the hayes code banned put into a movie well yeah well i mean that's pretty much the 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 what is it the um the thesis statement of the 70s Mm -hmm. is you know the exact opposite of the hayes code in every way shape and form yeah you know, mash mm-hmm. in a way you that know. the sixties couldn't do yet. Yeah, and you look at the the filmmakers. You know, we uh, some people refer to them as the film school brats. You look at uh, Spielberg and Coppola and Scorsese and De Palma and and Lucas and all of these people that started to take and expand the medium into new and different ways. The seventies is the birth of the anti western and the spaghetti western. Right, it's this exploration. Mm-hmm. That pushes everything into the fringe categories mm-hmm. of the the big primary colors of early film, mm-hmm. you know, and so exploitation films were a part of that. These these um, 
these fringe, you know, sort of uh, noir films, but with all the sex and violence poured back in movies. Mm-hmm. And that's where black exploitation lives. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. because also the civil rights movement on all of that increased access, increased availability, and and it allowed filmmakers to come in you know, not to the same degree as as we would like, but it allowed an opportunity for filmmakers to come in and go, let's go and tell these stories. Mm-hmm. You know, let's feed into the zeitgeist of these crime narratives and these pulp stories on screen, but with all black casts, which, you know, also fit in with sort of the zeitgeist of the time. You were about to say something. Yes, yes, sorry, um... No, you were talking about black exploitation. Um, one completely misunderstood medium. Yeah. Um, but, but also, oh gosh, hold on. I, I was, was talking about um, exploitation films and how the civil rights movement led to a, a an increase in representation and access to a degree. Yes, and so with that increased you know, access to the medium, you know, um, we're, we're getting more black people on film, number one, but now we get to have fun because we're not just getting one character on a screen and that's it in the entire film. Whole cast. Yeah, whole cast. We're getting to also in this, this time period really rejoice in what it is. We're kind of taking these, these stereotypes that they've put us down with for so many generations and using them as, as, as almost like a front facing joke. Mm-hmm. You know, leaning into them more so. You know, we've got the the Rudy Ray Moore movies. Um, that Dolomite, are, yeah, and yes, all of that. yes, yes, yes. That are leaning into the shaft bl- to the black isms that are out there that people are making fun of on a on a regular basis and using those as as weapons. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the it's the whole movement of the time though. It's this time of reclaiming what it means to be black. It's a black power Afro pick. Exactly, you know, exactly. as a movie. Exactly, and that's why it is so extreme, and that's why all of these, these characters are so heightened, because they are also heightened in what it means to be black at the time. And mm-hmm. so they're really leaning into this 70s... Big, colorful, you know, pimp suits. You yes, know, and, yes, and yes, 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 yes. You're a bad mother. Shut your mouth. Exactly, exactly. Instead of it being um, this thing that is used as an insult, we're using it now as a symbol of pride. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that that's where black exploitation is cool a, on display. A, yes, 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 yes. And I think that that's where this medium and this 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 genre of film gets gets so bogged down with the fact that it is about you know black people doing black shit, mm-hmm. you know. But in reality. In that moment, it was reclaiming all of those isms. Well, and let's let's really put it on display. Black exploitation becomes so popular mm-hmm. that entire Bond movie co-ops that language into a main part of its plot. Mm-hmm. Live and let die. Mm-hmm. Roger Moore's Live and Let Die. Kananga. Bond comes to New York. He has to go to Harlem, you mm-hmm. know, or something like yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. To this black club where there's the the big black guy with the gold tooth and the hook hand, and he gets taken to to Mister Big. 
Mm. you know, behind the club. Yes, 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 and, yes. And all of this sort of thing. And then eventually it still gets tied again. It's it's getting wrapped up in this entire sort of civil rights movement, this black culture on display thing, because who is Mr. Big, you know, this black American gangster criminal figure exploiting? Central America black, you know, where we go back and we do the Caribbean thing with odd job and, and mm-hmm. voodoo and all of this sort mm-hmm. of thing. And so all of this stuff was of popular enough variety mm-hmm. that a Bond film said, we're going to tap into it. Well, yeah, because it was the cool of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because what's more cool than looking at an entire group of people redefining what it is to be them and proud of it. And, and, and you know, it's envious. Yeah. You want that. You want that for yourself because how dare you, at a certain extent, allow yourself to, to, to take our insults and make, a, make, a, make something cool out of it, make mm-hmm. something interesting, make something that I'm now jealous of out of it. Yeah. You know, we're taking all of the juckin' and jivin' that was in those old movies that you got put blackface on for you know all of the yeses and the noses you know that you put into these old films and we're now using them and putting all the cultural context back into it yeah exactly exactly no no for sure um fantastic medium yeah. and and i'm honestly really really happy with our recent additions to the collection yeah we we did decide to expand um you know much like if if you haven't caught our uh, problem or uh, yeah the problem with Apu episode, um, or if you haven't seen the documentary, Whoopi Goldberg has a collection of um, essentially entirely racist dolls, figures, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she refers to it as her her Negrobilia collection. Uh, and so my dear wife has decided to do the same thing but encased inside of our film collection. And yes! so if there is an interesting opportunity for something, you know, that that catches her eye in this sort of regard, we add it. And and it has been a lot of these currently these black exploitation films because mm-hmm. they're fascinating. Honestly, after after watching the film of the day, um blackula i think that um i'm i'm even more excited to watch the other ones that you've added yeah uh so to william crane who directed blackula also directed another black exploitation horror film which is like another subset in, inside the genre mm-hmm. um uh Dr. Black and Mr. Hyde. Okay, okay. Uh, And that's the other one that William Crane, who did Blackula, directed. But then we also, of course, have Scream, Blackula, Scream, the Mm -hmm. sequel to Blackula, starring Pam Greer. Uh, And I also got us Blackenstein. Yes, fantastic. It's the the best of both worlds, really, for me, honestly. It's it's a bunch of... It's horror. It's blaxploitation. It's it's truly the best. You know I love a good picked afro and some dynamites thrown in. It really feels like, um, and, and we can elaborate this a little bit further as we go, this definitely feels like the roots of um, Tales from the Hood. Yes. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And so I guess without any further ado, we should really jump into this show. Yes, we have been uh, we have been just chatting away here. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about this film. <laughs> so Blackula came out in 1972, uh, which is essentially still 60s filmmaking, you know. Yeah, we're pretty early in the 70s. Uh, it is directed by William Crane. It is written by Joan Torres and Raymond uh Coing, uh, Koenig. Uh, it stars William Marshall as Blackula, uh, Vonetta McGee as Tina, Denise Nicholas as Michelle, and Thalmas Razulal. I think it might be... Razulala? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. As uh, Dr. Gordon Thomas. And the premise is an ancient African prince turned into a vampire by Dracula himself finds himself in modern Los Angeles. Wow, that is such a boring sentence. (laughs) Uh, It is rated PG and it runs one hour and 33 minutes. Um, Dear, would you like to start or would you like me to start? How would you like to how would you like to kick this off? Oh gosh. Um, you know what? Let's let's switch it up since it's Black History Month. I'll let you go first. Oh, okay. All right. So, Blackula is one of those titles that almost uh for me for many years was thrown around as like a joke. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Makes perfect sense. Um, oh, you know, it's this, and then there's Blackula, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. Um, if a sequel came out that felt like an obvious, or a a rip-off movie came out Mm -hmm. that felt like an obvious rip-off movie, Blackula was kind of like the shorthand for, for that kind of, like, cheap knockoff thing. Um... So going into it, you know, I've seen umpteen million Dracula stories, Nosferatu, Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh, the Dracula NBC show. I've seen countless Dracula vampire narratives. So going into it, I was like, I really don't know what to expect of Blackula. Mm-hmm. You know, people talk about it being this, like, cheap sort of movie. It's a black exploitation horror film. Um... Really didn't know what I was going to get. The last thing I expected Mm -hmm. was that it was essentially just Black Dracula. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like it's, (laughs) it's honestly so strangely, surprisingly earnest in the fact that it's just kind of a fucking vampire Dracula story. Totally. That it almost caught me off guard. And are there some ways that it it shortcuts and shortchanges some Mm -hmm. stuff narratively? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure, but fuck it, whatever. It's an hour and a half Dracula story. Where they just call it Blackula the whole time. I was pretty (laughs) astounded by that. And I think that that's where I'll start my review and and pitch it to (laughs) No, um, one, same. (laughs) Oh my gosh, absolutely same. I went into this movie having no idea what we were getting into whatsoever. I was, I honestly... I really picked the shit out of this. Like, just, (laughs) we. Yeah, you know, it sounded 
fantastic. I was like, any movie called Blackula has my attention 100%. It's like Thanks Killing. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought this was going to be. That's actually what I was going to say. That's so funny. I... I really thought that this movie was going to be just as bad. It's going to be stupid. It's going to be the worst movie I've ever seen. It is going to be black people just jucking and, and jabbing. Jiving. And it's going to be that. And I'm going to... It's ex- going to be the airplane scene where, uh, you know, Joan Cleaver walks up and goes, Excuse me, hostess, I speak jive. You know, yes! for an entire movie. Yes! No, and I really, I really walked into this going, I may hate this film as a black person, but I have to. But it's going to be interesting when I get to the other end. Exactly, because, you know, at the the end of the day, whether I like it or not, this is going to be an interesting window into black history. And people know, even if it's just by name alone, Blackula. Exactly, exactly. It's got this reputation behind it. And I walked into this film expecting it to be garbage and walked away genuinely surprised at how much i truly liked it satisfying satisfying dracula story for 90 minutes oh yeah and honestly like it was it was perfect from every every part of it because um the casting is phenomenal in this film i have to say um you know like his blackula himself blackula himself has the perfect absolute perfect he's got the vibe he's got the voice he's got the vibe you know he's got that james earl jones he's tall oh He's imposing. So good. He's powerful. And like, it just, it just, it just oozes off of the screen, you know? Like, he pulls off the cape. He's really nothing sexy about this man, truly. Not at all. But his voice kills me. Mm-hmm. It's like Morgan Freeman. It is like Morgan. Technically on paper. There if, is. If I just, you know, did Morgan Freeman and you, and you didn't hear him speak, you knew nothing There's about him. Nothing sexy about Morgan Freeman. But then he gets going and you're like, oh, charisma. But the, but the same happens with Oh, excuse James. me. Excuse me. For the for the young listeners. The Riz. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. They're not listening to us. We're That's right. old. That's right. We're 30. That's right. Yeah, we are. Woo! Um, no. And honestly, like, this man's voice is freaking velvet. He is fantastic. Excuse me, madam. You dropped your purse. (laughs) This movie, but I I think that for me, honestly, I could have, this movie could have been longer. I would have watched, if we really did the full, to your point, I think one of the weaknesses of this movie is that it is only an hour and a half. Because actually... The bullet points of the Dracula story are almost a little boring. Mm-hmm. Where the Dracula story, right? Like, if have you seen Coppola's yet? Have we watched that yet with, with have, Keanu Reeves? No, we have not watched Coppola's ah, Dracula okay. together. Even though it's a little cornball at times or a little um, melodramatic. Mm-hmm. Almost in a, in a Sam Raimi-ish fashion at times. Mm. Um... Even though it treads that line, he gets into the weeds in the Dracula myth. You know, the the Dracula turning into a sort of wolf creature. Um, you know, the the thrall and the and of 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 others. Mm-hmm. You know, he really the Jonathan Harker figure. Mm-hmm. You know, he really commits to all of the bits. Um, and and you know, speaking about this movie, as you were talking about it being longer. 
I like this movie a lot, but there are so many ways in which it just chops out, you know, little bits of the Dracula mythos that ultimately do make the story feel a little bit cheaper. I feel like this movie jumps chapters in minutes. Um, Scene change will happen, and then out of nowhere, like, they were in love. And there was nothing really explained about it other than it was, they were, you know, the people from the past life. Listen, here's, here's my thing. If you are going to show a character talking to another character off screen and an entire 180 is supposed to happen emotionally... Either the entire chemistry of that scene, even from afar, needs to play out as earning that. Mm -hmm. Or I need to find out, you know, the one line he said that changed her mind. No, honestly. Does that make sense? Even if she says it to her friend, like, what did he say? And she goes... I don't remember much, you know, and we could even, you know, play it. It's the haze of the Dracula spell. Yeah, because they, you know, the the, the lore of a, of Dracula is that he can, um, you know, read hip- your thoughts and yeah, read yeah, your can, desire, and he can he can basically hypnotize you. Yes, with 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 desire, you know. Um, and so like that, I was like, okay, we're just gonna yada yada around this point, mm-hmm, you know. Um. And and that's also one of the... And the reason that it's such a cheap sell is that it's a big crux point in the original Dracula story. And we're doing such a close-to-the-vest, on a certain level, Dracula plotting mm-hmm. with the Dr. Van Helsing and the bodies disappearing and, you know, all of these mm-hmm. sorts of things. And we're playing it to a degree close enough to the chest that... Her willingness is important. It was a complete 180 in this film. And Com- it's not earned. It's complete 180 because the very scene beforehand is her locking her doors and coming at the door with a knife when her best friend knocks on the door because she thinks that somebody is here to murder her. Mm-hmm. And then the very next scene after that, we don't even get a buffer scene. We just get, and then the next day happens. And she is like, do you want to sit at our table? At my sister's birthday. After he says something that we don't get to hear. They have an entire off-mic interaction. Yeah. And then she invites him over. No, for sure. And I think that for me, I could have I could have had a longer film if only to to flush out. You have to sell that she wants this. Mhm. And it doesn't just feel like a complete character shift. Mhm. But she does the same thing, spoiler alert. In the scene where she chooses to still have sex with him. Mm-hmm. Even though he was like, we're supposed to be together forever. And she was like, this is all too heavy for me. And he was and- like, well, then I'll go. And then she was like, no, let's still have sex, though. 
I think that that was her being like, I've made my decision. I want you to stay. And perhaps, perhaps, but it's still, again, it feels unearned. It feels no, very Yeah, and quick. I, I felt like a lot of the relationship between them ran so quickly. Honestly, at the end of the day, I felt like she was not as interesting. I felt like our Blackula was it. They they framed this entire movie around this man. Our Blackula and our... Um, and our Van Helsing. Our, our new Van Helsing, Dr. Gordon Thomas. He was amazing. He's and doing... honestly, every other person other than his love interest really had my attention. Michelle was I liked Michelle. Great. I liked Michelle a lot. Because Michelle and um, Dr. Gordon Thomas had fantastic chemistry. chemistry. I believed that they were a couple. I believed that she was here with him. Yeah. And I think my other issue with this is that, like... Um, there's this sort of um, pimp-ish figure that's introduced at the at the nightclub that sort of comes in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's interested in the photographer. Yes, 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 yes. And, oh, gosh, and, I wish I could remember his name. One of my issues is that, like, he feels like he should have been one of the merry band of, of uh, paramours of this one person from the Dracula lore that becomes an assistant to Van Helsing in the pursuit of killing Dracula. Okay. Along the way, in the Dracula lore, uh, in the original story, you know, certain characters come along the way that were paramours of someone that gets turned by Dracula. Okay. And I feel like this guy would have been one of those people mm-hmm. that should have been along for the ride with Dr. Van Helsing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's, I think, again, the short changing of the, of the time span. Because yeah. our Van Helsing is great. And his relationship to his wife is wonderful. Top ten. Very relatable, very human. The mm-hmm. scene where they dig up the corpse together and she's, you know, horrified. Mm-hmm. By by the reveal of a vampire. Oh my gosh! Just she literally Very looks at him and is like, "Why didn't you tell me?" And then very earnestly afterwards, just goes, "I wouldn't have believed you." Yeah. Like it was just you know you knew this this lightning rod hit her and was like you know what I'm not gonna blame you for not telling me because even if you had, I'd have never come out here with you in the first place. I would have never believed you i'd let you come out here and dig this shit up yourself Mm -hmm, because you're crazy Mm -hmm. no honestly i oh gosh she was so pretty too she was stunning um oh let's also talk about that honestly everyone looked good yeah everybody was great in this the costuming was good their hair and makeup were on point everyone looked the best that they could look. Does that was, make sense? Yes, 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 yes. And honestly, for me, this really they didn't have is... Adonis bods, but they were all hot. No, no, and like the 70s isn't about being an Adonis. Hell it's no. A, it's about having charisma, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you can be ugly as a post in the 70s and still be sexy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about how you wiggle. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think that... Honestly, this film, especially their relationship, you know, more so than than our main relationship that we're supposed to fall for, the you know, the Dracula relationship. I think that for me, Dr. Gordon Thomas and Michelle were 
a, a real and, and I, in, a, in a way derivations you know from the story that also pays off the best mm-hmm. you know they were they were real in a way that was that was honest and true that can't it is something that like you can't capture in film you can't capture in acting because you know like it, it's it's almost so real that they must have just been in a relationship together um for the best i think modern example that i can call on mm-hmm Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya as in siblings. Nope as siblings. Yes. When they like do that handshake, you know, no, it's, like it's... that is an iconic moment of, of feeling mm-hmm. two people feeling. Exactly. Exactly. And now we're, we're, we're mixing that up with, 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 with black identity as well, which is something that is, that is so commercialized at our point in history. But back then, it was this unutilized talent, this thing that people were putting onto the back burner, you know, to 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 showcase more more white talent. Whereas, like this this movie, this simple movie that people rag on because they have never seen. Yeah, has, it's just a title. Exactly has has true acting, has true talent right here on display, and it is so simple. And it is thrown away for this film where everybody are, is giving their, their absolute all mm-hmm. for Blackula, the black exploitation film of 1972. Well, and I think that's why you get, like, in, in Scream, Blackula, Scream, you know, we're able to go all the way up to Pam Greer. Yes, 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 because the, the, the foundation is already here, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that this is, this was not something that I was expecting. And I am I'm truly so proud of this film. I'd honestly almost show this to your parents. I think that they would I think that they would really enjoy it on because it's it's I think that people Even think if, that this movie is supposed to be garbage. Just just by name alone, sure, sure, there are moments where I was like It's a cheap movie. It is, it is. And you're doing this purely like Blackula, the name of this is truly hysterical when Dracula looks at this man and it goes, You shall have my name, but be Blackula. It actively made me cackle. He and and he plays it so straight yeah and the whole movie is played so straight it's 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 like watching a horror movie play out in front of you and know for a fact that these characters aren't stupid and aren't falling into this trap on purpose but are are still prey to it Mm -hmm. you know um yeah it's never it is a cheap movie because of budget and time constraints. And even though there are some shortcomings, it is never an emotionally cheap movie. No, no. Honestly, I found this movie very enriching. And I I, I really, I, I was obsessed when you went down this rabbit hole of buying more films like this. I was like, I've got to have more. Because if, if there are truly Jim's movie gold hidden in these in these movies that people throw away that people put up as smut or something deadly blessing yes 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 most people don't watch that movie no and i don't like that movie just because my professor wrote it (laughs) that you're not in his class anymore you don't have to say anything it's a a good movie 
Exactly. Like it's interesting. He's mm-hmm. really toying with concepts, you know, that that are that are engaging and gripping and relevant. Yeah. And I think that this is also and, and same concept, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like Cuz also what's at what's at the core What's at the core of the transition of Blackula? Ah, 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 ah. So, the Dracula story at its core, right, is about repression, is about desire, it's about the curse of lust. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about Blackula is that he is cursed by a white man's lust. Mm-hmm. Blackula was not, um, when, when he was a man, interested in, in any sort of carnal desire. He was a happily married king. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, he was royalty. And um, a white man, Dracula, chose to lust for his wife and, and wished to consume Mm -hmm. as as dracula's want to do and and thought that you know this savage race would be fine with this Mm -hmm. um and and blackula literally just tries to be like we've had enough and we're leaving yes as good (laughs) as good dignified black people do and then he gets mobbed Mm-hmm. And then he gets cursed. And I think that it's really interesting that, you know, the Dracula story is based in this desire for consumption. And I think it's interesting that the curse that is put upon him comes from this white man's lust. But the thing is, is he has complete control, is the mm. funny thing. Whereas, you know, Dracula is lusting for all it things. It doesn't feel he like is... Dracula has the same control. That's a fair point. Whereas, Blackula. Has a lot. He has he has complete and utter control when it comes to what he wants. Anything else, he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. You know, you bother him, he's going to eat you. He doesn't really give a fuck. But when it comes to this woman who is this reincarnation of his wife, he is with the utmost care. And the gentleman among gentlemen, you know, with her. Mm-hmm. There is no... Well, that's also, I guess, the classic Dracula thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Dracula with Nina in the story is the gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? It's almost a little bit uh, Salem's Lot. Mm-hmm. How does our main vampire appear to uh, the, the junkyard gimp? Mm-hmm. As a kind, gentle spirit. You know, this, this shoulder to cry on, mm-hmm. as you were, you know. Um, but it's, it's, it's very interesting. And I think it plays out in a very interesting way. No, yeah. Especially because also his first victims and the reason that the vampire myth can get swept under the rug. And this is also very interesting for a black exploitation movie of, of the, the early 70s or any movie of the early 70s. The reason that Dracula can get swept under the rug is in an American context in the 70s the population that is considered the most vulnerable that you can prey on the easiest is the queer community. Blackula's first victims are gay. Yes, 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 
Yes. And people like to just use that to brush things away. No, I'm really glad that you brought this up. Um, I was like, this is a very important it's part of It's one of the most interesting parts of the movie. No, yeah. Um, it's <laughs> and it's not the best aged part of the film. No, uh, you know, fair warning for all those who, mm-hmm. who have heard this review and intend to watch the movie. You are going to hear the F slur a lot. Yes, and we are not talking fuck. No. That's, I would just say fuck. Uh, or the F word. You're going to be the F slur a lot. Yes. Be- and, and very openly and very casually. But you also have to understand that it is in the context of this being the 70s. And in the 70s, this was just a word. And And to a degree, this is also painfully accurate. It's almost not dissimilar from, you know, Django Unchained or Hateful Eight. No, yeah. Throwing around the N-word. Like, you're going to hear some uncomfortable stuff. Yeah, because it's a it's a film made in the 70s about current, present time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's made in the 70s about the 70s. They are, it's not us looking back on the 70s fondly. Yeah. No, there's none of the veneer. Like, they're using it. They're they're using using it as a replacement for just saying you know homosexuals mm-hmm. basically okay. yeah you know at a at a certain point and um I it was, it was truly truly shocking how many times they said it um it was it was one of the things of the movie that I was actually going to give it a deduction for it was just how often we had to hear the fucking word um but. We also open with them being like this. This is very openly. The, the, the movies. The movie doesn't. Even though the movie uses the word, I do not think that it is. It doesn't make them a joke as people. No, because they are. They are. They are very honestly like just the next. We we go from the Dracula of the before times, you know, where it's the slave trade, um, and then we go to the future where it's this gay couple buying this old house full of old shit because they are antique dealers and they think that it's funny, you know. And and that's just it, and it's just honest and true, and like and, they're just and people. Again, it's it's really intelligently using the context of the time. Vampirism as a sort of pseudo metaphor for AIDS. You know, mm. where is where is something going to take a foothold? Where is something going I mean, I guess this to would have hit been, some it's of the vulnerable, vulnerable communities? Places where they get shoved under the rug because the whole thing with this, and, you know, lead it back around, I guess, to the point. The whole thing with the, the vampirism is in the, the whole Van Helsing chase is the fact that it's in these, you know, underprivileged um, communities. The bodies are going missing of of these of these people. You know, and so like it it makes sense for the black bodies, Who but got why to have the proper funeral? But why are these white bodies going missing? Oh wait, it's the the white body of this this queer guy. You know. Mm-hmm, oh mm-hmm, well, then mm-hmm. we're not going to pay much attention to him because again, it's the seventies concept where like these people are undesirable, well, and, and it's the black, you know, queer body that it's like we've completely lost it. The white one got all of the proper funeral burial rites 
instantly. Yeah, but it was... Because it was still that barrier of whiteness, you know? Well, yeah, but it was also this instant, like, you didn't, you don't even get to, like, observe the body. We yeah. just, we just buried it away, you know? We buried mm-hmm. our shame quickly, though. Yeah. And, and I think that it's really interesting that, again, you know, it's, it's black exploitation, but it's also still hitting on these deeper community groups. It's aware that there are black queers, you know, um, and I think that that's a really interesting angle. Well, also, you know, we have to think about the time period that we're in. We're in the seventies, where um, a lot of things queer liberation is exactly happening. all of these all of these movements are happening at the same time because people are tired of being controlled by the the, the man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, and and I they're think that, all bursting forth. I think that and it's coming onto the screen as well. Exactly, because there are also all of these people born in the fifties. You know, who are who are in their in the peak of their lives They're and realizing tired of hiding. Yeah, they don't want to live like their parents have lived or the generations before them have lived, you know, closeted. Like a drag. Yeah. Closeted and sad and boring. No. You know? And, and hating life, yeah. 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 And so I think that that's you know, you were talking about earlier about how the seventies the was this this movement, this this liberation of everything, you know, this it was a sexual liberation, yeah. you know, as well. You know, it was this this free. That's yourself. when we are getting to, you know, like the Masters and Johnson mm-hmm. sex studies, this mm-hmm. late sixties into the seventies. You know, this this freedom, this this freedom to explore taboo. You know, these these unsavory things that we have been told for so long that it is not allowed. We do not talk about these things. Well, now I'm an adult and I can make my own decisions. Mm-hmm. And so now I can, I can explore these facets of my life that, that have been before, you know, absolutely a, a no go, yeah. you know? So exploring my race, exploring my sexuality, exploring what it is, even on a simple term of just going, what if I'm not the good guy, you know, but I am my own main character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pushing this limits of wholesome mm-hmm. out of the window. And I think that, um, because there's, there's no decade like the 70s. It's one of, it, it is truly one of my all-time favorites. There are, I think, two decades for me that are, are hard favorites. Mm-hmm. It's the 70s, it's the 90s. Oh. Because the 90s, you get the big boom because of videotape and things like that of the independent cinema resurgence. Wes Anderson comes out of the 90s. Quentin Tarantino comes out of the 90s. Kevin Smith comes out of the 90s. Um, uh, to a degree, Soderbergh comes out of the 90s. You get a lot of really... Uh, Fincher. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of really incredible filmmakers in the 90s. And so for me... 70s, 90s, excellent time periods. Honestly, as far as horror is concerned, um, the teens and so far the 20s have hit have the been mark. fucking bomb.com for horror. Oh, you yeah. Know? No doubt. Um, and, no doubt. And honestly, um, they've been particularly excellent for black cinema. Well, again, it's it's opening these doors. Yes. You know. It's the continuation um, of that history. Yeah. Well, yeah. Which well, started here. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. With these full black casts for the first time 
on screen. 1972 is when this movie came out. Let me look up. Excellent. Jordan Peele was born in 1979. I will bet you dollars two donuts. The Jordan Peele, one time in his youth, saw Blackula. Oh, I fucking bet. And it's, again, it's the planting of seeds. Sometimes for trees that you will never see get to grow. Mm-hmm. But it's opening doors. It is It is creating a bedrock. It is foundational stuff. Yes, 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 yes. And honestly, at the end of the day, I think that that, that because of these generations, you know, um, we have been allowed to, to live the lives that, that brought us to this point. Yeah. Of, 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 of realizing, you know, the, the glory and, and the bad agedness of things like this. But that's also the... the... It's the complication of history. You know, in, in one of the write-ups that I do about this, I talk about that black representation has a very complicated history in film mm-hmm. because the earliest context of black representation in film is blackface. Yeah, it's not even black people. It's a, it's a caricature. Exactly. And then we finally find ourselves in like 50 years time here. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And 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 you have to you know, you have to take the good and the bad with 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 this kind of stuff. And this is kind of the the taboo of it now. You know, the thing that I love about stuff like this is the fact that it's it is a time is, capsule. Yeah, that it is still steeped in the time period that it was made in. The problem with going back and scrubbing out things that we now consider bad to say or what have you is that you remove a very important context that is informative as to why we've gotten to here and and also as to how to grow mm-hmm. and there's so much value uh it's it's almost to a degree the classic adage of you learn more in failure. Mm. You know, um, there's the the classic Edison quote, even though Edison's a hack, but what have you. Um, you know, I didn't fail X, Y, Z number of times on how to make a light bulb. I succeeded once. Exactly. You know, I just learned all the ways to not do it. Mm-hmm. Um... And so I think that when you look at the history of film, if you try to scrub it of the things that are nasty, vile, uncomfortable by today's standards, you're shortchanging growth. But also, to your point, I think that um, without these lessons, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the point where we're at doesn't make any sense. Yes, yes, exactly. You know, you have to look at these things and understand that you go, oof, this is bad. Uncomfortable. 
you know? And I want, while watching this film, I went, oh my God, when they just started to throw that word out there, like it was candy. I was, I was like, my goodness, guys, take a breath. Two dudes pass that word back and forth Like, like they're playing badminton. And so they're hitting about every 90 seconds. You know what I mean? Like they're just popping off with with it. It's just as casual as asking about the weather. And and what's also interesting is one of our characters, even though he's using the word, is vested in finding these people justice. Exactly. And, uh, and, and And that's the context. That's the and that's thing. what's so confusing about it. Because here, it is not being used all of the time as a slur. It is being used it's a as descriptor. a re- It's a replacement term. Mm-hmm. It is purely used as a, this is what I call these kinds of people. At this point in at, time. At that point in time, it's also some of the same distinction between some people being like, I am black, or some people being like, I am Negro. Yes. Where it's this term where it's like, you should probably stop using Negro. Well, the thing is, back then, black Mm -hmm. was bad. Mm -hmm. And this was this whole bringing about this this being like, no, 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 no. I am black. Going back to the the Ruben Salazar thing. You know, he used Chicano. Exactly. It's exactly the same thing. And people hated him for it. Mm -hmm. It's rebranding this term. But like in this movie, we've got some some non-queer characters just bandying about a word. Well, yeah. Because I guess in a a context when you don't have, Mm -hmm. you know... The, the terms, the, the, the LGBTQ plus community, you know, using the, the proper verbiage. Mm-hmm. This is the proper ver- verbiage back then. Yeah. Yeah. Because also, again, you have to remember that they, ha- they have not lived as far as we are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's, it's, it's this beautiful time capsule. This, this moment that we can never recreate and we will never go back to it's it's almost like honestly to a degree the original texas chainsaw massacre yes you want to talk about a movie that cannot be made again today that one yeah just pure this one this one this movie can never be created again unless exactly like this yeah unless i'm gonna do some homage to it like like um eddie murphy did with dolomite is my name mm-hmm. or i'm going to do some sort of you know um, legacy reboot quill kind of thing, you know, where to, it's, yeah, it's to the, the to child the... of Blackula, essentially. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or we just we just pick back up, but now this is Blackula. Yeah, you know? it's, it's Jonathan Majors is Blackula. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, and 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 do like we they did with Candyman, you know. We're we're bringing we're, it back. Yeah, we're just doing it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, forget about the old thing. It's this thing now. Um, no, for sure, and like. No, again, Capital loved this movie. Yeah. Capital loved this movie. But it is with the context of all of the good, the bad, and the ugly about this film. This has been a really, really good discussion. I've really enjoyed this because I think that, um, especially in modern America, I think that most people can approach conversations about race and the uncomfortable natures of race in a way that feels unapproachable, or isolating or too volatile. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting is I think that like strangely enough, I think Blackula 
really creates a great level playing field. It oozes in blackness. But it also creates empathy, creates sympathy, mm-hmm. you know, and, and his entire curse is put on him by a white person. Yeah. You know, like, it's this entire idea of creating an entire generation of black person afflicted and, by something that was put upon them by a white person and even in an though, approachable way. And even though he is he has done this, you know, by a, by a white person, 90% of the victims after him are people, you know, the, of, of color. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't go then and, like, attack white people. Well, He's... And- it's this interesting almost like spreading of this throughout the black community like Dracula had done throughout the white community, you know. Well, and I was about to say, is it not interesting that um, that that the curse of Dracula upon a person of color creates this kind of, you know, narrative of urban crime? Mm-hmm. Well, again, you have to write about what you know, and mm-hmm. this is this is a the, the using the Dracula story in a modern seventies at this point context is it has to talk about urban crime because that's the poverty thing. created criminality. You know, it's Dracula the, created. It's the Blackula. same. It's the same backstory that we get for Candyman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, but it's this. This is it's this constant. slavery begat this begat this this context that created this. Yes, and it's this entire narrative that is wrapped in the, the American black identity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we can't have a black person start out not in a place that is familiarly black. Where are those places? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're 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 poorer areas. Yeah. Because because of the way that we district our areas, honestly. We like to keep people in places. But that's another topic for another day. Even though it's Black History Month, we're keeping it light here. Light and breezy. And so no, it's it's it is interesting, you know, because um To a certain degree, you know, at the end of the day, the real bad guy is Dracula. You know, if you really want to kind of boil it down, who's the person that made him like this? Mm-hmm. Dracula made a covenant mm-hmm. with the devil. He chose. Mm-hmm. This was a curse put upon. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the really interesting things that's, that's also the underpinning Mm-hmm. Of Blackula that I think makes it also distinctly different and honestly, than Dracula. And I honestly, I think that the name in itself hurts the the film. Actually, I think that it is almost like this, like double whammy. Oh, okay. You know, there's there's a there's a prestige about to Dracula. Yeah, but now you are not only cursed with this thing. Because I want you to be. Because you told me no. Mm-hmm. But now I'm going to give you this 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 ridiculous moniker mm. that is but a bastardization of my name. Mm. So now nobody's going to fear Blackula. You know, mm. as much as they truly do me. But also, you know, at the end of the day, Blackula isn't out there for vengeance. He's he's out there. For truly to, to for his love, yeah. Because at the moment that he loses her, he he sacrifices everything. 
Mm-hmm. And I think mean, that's truly interesting. Well, and, and, you know, the backstory of Dracula is, is warlord. Mm-hmm. You know. He's not a warlord. No. He had no concubines. He had a wife. He had a wife. They were put through torture and he found her again years later in the 70s. Mm-hmm. He wanted to he wanted to have that life again and that's why he made all the decisions he made. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really interesting film. <laughs> uh so if you had to rate Blackula out of 5, what would you give it? I think that the honest score for Blackula is probably like um a 3.5 for all of the the for the, all of the Gaslers. Um and I think that that's and I think that that's where I'm gonna leave it. I think it, it it's three and a half. I'll give it a three and a half as well. I think that it is um, good. It is slow at times. Mm-hmm. But it is a fascinating movie. It is a fascinating time capsule. I I and and here's one of the big things, right? I'm not disappointed. I'm I watched it and I will watch it again. Yeah, openly and happily. It is a good, interesting, wonderful movie that I think if you really want to also go back into the history of black horror is a necessity. You have to watch this. Because I think it is a touchstone. Because also, like, I, I can't I can't stress enough. Like, this movie is completely serious. And it's it's also one of the first big examples of, like, entirely black horror. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, ah, oh, it's just, it's so good. Because... It's doing a fucking Dracula story. And the thing is, is, like, this is something that people have done so many times over. There was a model, you know, a few years back at this point, probably more than a few at this point, um, that that did this entire uh, recreation of famous pictures of models that were originally white because Mm -hmm. of the fact that she had been turned down by so many uh, so many modeling industry people. Because they had already met their quota of black people, but they had like you know, ten times as many white people on 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 pay, mm-hmm. and so it's this kind of this whole thing. And they were like, I, I'm so happy that like there's this level of talent in this gem of this movie that's you know in this hidden corner of history, mm-hmm. because at least it's here. Because for the most part, you don't you don't ever get stuff like this. Yeah, and this. This genre, this this type of film grew into something that, that is always a part of history. You know, we always have our black films of a generation, of a decade. You know, it just changes hands. Um, but I prefer this to a Tyler Perry film. Mm. That's fair. Um... I don't honestly really have anything after this. Uh, dear, do you have any any final thoughts for the listeners? Oh gosh, no, I think we've we've jabbed jabba jawed enough. Bada bing bada boom. We're done here. Be good to each other, you guys. That's the show. We'll talk to y'all next week. Bye. Bye.